0: Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network,
1: broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. This is Cynthia Cherish-Maloran, Reverend DJ Cherish the Love, and you are listening to Primary Food on Heritage Radio Network. So before I forget, let me tell you how to reach out to me and get my attention on social media, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DJ Cherish the Love, that is spelled L-U-V, and hashtag using Primary Food. Heritage underscore radio, and hashtag Rev Love. So the name of the show is Primary Food, and let me explain what that is. Primary food, well, let's think about the food that we're eating. Like, we're looking at these folks eating pizza right in front of us here at Roberta's. I consider that to be secondary food, the food that you put in your mouth and eat. Primary food is everything else in life that nourishes you before you sit down and eat. So that's like your relationships, your job, your spirituality, your physical activities, your creativity, um, your musical, all of this stuff, and seeing shows, seeing movies, that's all primary food. It nourishes you, and then you tend to have a better quality secondary food, I find, when you have really great primary food in life. So as I was going through cancer treatment all last year, I realized that if I kept my primary food really high, I felt great overall. And I tended not to eat things that I knew were bad for me because I felt so good. So, today I have some really awesome women with us. Okay. Hey, say hi. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hi. We have um, the crew from Emily. Emily Pizzeria Restaurant. Tell us about this. Emily Highland.
2: Hi. From Pizza Loves Emily.
1: Okay. Speak right into the mic. Yeah, we want to hear you. Pizza Loves Emily, tell us about Pizza pizza Loves Emily and where you're located.
2: So, we have Emily Restaurant in Clinton Hill, and we've been there just over two years. And we are opening our second restaurant, Emmy Squared, in about three
0: weeks. Oh, wow. Deep breaths. Deep breaths.
1: (laughs) Okay, pass the mic. We've got with us also Alyssa, beverage director. Hello. (laughs) Hello. And then we've got Annie, operational manager. That's me. Hi. And Sophie, general manager. Heyo. So this is cool. So you've got your crew with us here today. What is so unique about your team and how you operate at EMILY and what you plan to do with EMILY Square?
2: So, something that's really important to us that we value highly is the human capital in our restaurant.
1: human capital. so
2: meaning the meaning the people that work with us and for us every day that our restaurant wouldn't be functioning without these folks. And uh, above and beyond anything else, we're just humans in a room interacting, having having an experience. So we really try to emphasize a work culture that's healthy and safe and supportive and focuses on those other primary foods you're not supposed to be working. 80 hours a week at all <laughs> amazing so uh, we really value that so we decided to bring a lot of the lovely women who helped make this operation run smoothly with us today so what you just described is like
1: such a humane way of having a workplace and for a restaurant seems like people get pushed and ground to the ground <laughs> to the bone but you feel it sounds like you don't want to do that to your crew and what is that mindset That
2: mindset stems from the restaurant being an extension of our home. So Mm -hmm. Matt and I are there all the time in all different capacities. So it's really important that it feels like a nice place to be for us too, you know, selfishly. Uh And uh, I I am very interested in the practices of yoga. I teach and practice and uh, fundamentally just, you know, being true to who we are as creatures, you know, like soft mammals in the world. Um, very seriously, you know, just putting it in perspective that it's just dinner, it's just work, it's just a day, and that there are things that are greater and more important to us. So,
1: And that's really amazing hearing from you saying it's just dinner and there are more important things. So what is it like working under this incredible heart? I mean, I just think that's so special.
3: Um, I would say it's a great place to work, 100%. Um, You know, coming from many different backgrounds, working in food for 10 years since you're 14, 15 years old, um, I've worked a 60-hour work week with no no management ties or Mm -hmm. no anything, just as a server, and... um, you lose yourself. You don't have a, a, a self outside of work because your interests have fall, fallen to the side. But here, you know, Emily teaches yoga. She opens doors for you to practice with her, um, which is amazing. And it, it really fosters, um, you know, a greater sense of self, a greater sense of teamwork.
1: That's so beautiful. And you must see that in, you must see happy faces on the people working with you.
2: I do, for the most part. Um, We are really proud that we've retained a lot of people for a long time. A lot of people have been with us for almost two years, and we're just headed into our third right now. So some of our inaugural staff is still with us. And, you know, Sophie started off uh, working the pizza line as an hourly worker and now runs the whole organization at Emily. Annie was a waitress who now runs both companies with me. Um, And Alyssa started off just working at the bar and now has transitioned into supervising the whole beverage program. So we also really believe in that growth from within. Annie, what's it like for you working in this situation?
0: I mean, I am actually a relatively new mother. Um, oh. I'd been working for Matt and Emily for uh, almost a year when I found out that I was going to have my little boy Jimmy. And that was kind of the moment where I stepped back and thought about what was going on with me. And I started to talk to Matt and Emily about the you know, the possibility for growth with them. Uh-huh. And now to talk about like primary food being part of every day wow. my son comes with me um, wow. most of the time uh, he he has some friends and a couple grandparents that he'll spend days with when I'm super busy but I have the absolute privilege of having a work environment where I can have my seven-month baby with me. Um It's quite amazing. You know, not <laughs> not it. only yeah, not only for me but for the people around me to have him in in the work community and environment as part of what we're doing.
1: So Emily you see the value in not separating mom from baby.
2: Yeah well i mean selfishly we all love baby jimmy it makes the work day way nicer to get to hold that cutie pie every day but i mean the stress of what annie's like i can't even imagine how expensive it would be to have full-time child care and for her to be thinking in her brain about what's going on with him and having to pump enough milk for the day and this mm-hmm. and that and again it's we're a husband and wife team at heart we're a family we're a family at our restaurant annie's our family at the restaurant she's been with us are you two years i guess I'm coming up on two years now yeah and it only makes sense that this b- beautiful little kiddo is hanging out at the restaurant so
1: that is so incredible i've actually never heard that before so it's fun. neither it's, have
0: i yeah so I'm he has super his crib excited.
2: and his little runny thing what is that thing called now oh, he's
0: got he's got one of those little like mobile walker <laughs> like things like a crawler he, yep <laughs> yeah so you have that in the restaurant i mean not not... while we're open we have it uh he's been he's been helping with the build out at the at the new spot recently so he's been inspecting the pretty new bar stools and things as we've been oh that's wonderful oh my gosh them with his walker
1: wow and sophie what are your thoughts and how has it been for you oh
4: it's been great i think i've uh learned a lot about Uh, cultivating like a supportive and super cooperative team Uh, starting when I was working in the kitchen like you develop trust with people by being like okay like you grated enough cheese for service and that you know if you do that day in and day out like that sort of fosters a sense of trust that
3: Mm -hmm. transcends
4: the duties of the job where it's like we're just really looking out for each other as people and now managing I try to extend that like to the whole crew to the people who come in you know we get a lot of comments from people who come in to trail with us or to interview uh-huh. and one thing i hear a lot is like yeah it seems like a great you know it seems like everyone's having fun i hear that a lot and i hear that from my friends who come in and eat with us
1: too and that's uh one of my favorite things to hear that's work. a place i would love to eat when you know that people are working there are happy and there's like a community doesn't it just kind of like make the whole experience like better yeah, you know? and you can you can tell, I think. You can tell. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it doesn't sound like you just have a great team of people. It sounds like you have a great team of women. And is there like a sisterhood you guys have got like in in the workplace?
2: There is a great team of women. Um, We have a a lovely shift leader who wasn't here with us today. She had to do some photography work who um, supervises when I'm not there at night. She does our photographs in-house. We have a woman uh, named Sam who works on the pizza line, and she's one of our lead pizza ladies there who Mm -hmm. cooks the food, one of the few women in the kitchen. Um, and we have just an awesome array of, of women who've been with us. Uh, this core group is a nice representation of the folks at the more management level doing things, but um, yeah, we have a lot of nice ladies that, that work for the restaurant.
1: And how did you become so sensitive to understanding that the needs of people working with you and making your restaurant a success need to be met? These emotional needs, psychological needs, physical needs, spiritual
2: needs. I just think that I try to make a workplace that is a place I would want to be. I've had Mm. bosses that don't have respect for that sense of balance. Um, I was working in the public school system and working um, as a high school teacher, working like from six in the morning till eight o'clock at night doing work in my sleep, working seven days a week and completely burnt out of something that I really, really did enjoy teaching high school English. And, um, there was no respect for needing to go home and have dinner with my husband or take a breath or go take an exercise class or just have some sort of check-in with what it means to be a whole person as opposed to just an employee. That's so cool. So
1: You can say that the allowances, quote, air quotes, allowances for humanity
2: in your workplace has got to have been great for business. It is. We have an awesome group of regulars who come to the restaurant who feel part of the community, too. Um, we take care of people who work for us. People, Those people take care of our guests, and then our guests come back all the time and are part of that greater culture of Pizza Loves Emily. So I think that's been a nice way to nurture what it means to be in that human-to-human hospitality organization. So that's wonderful. And you have the same setup at Pizza Loves Emily,
1: the same like vibe that you're going to... Well, actually, you're talking about Pizza Loves Emily, so Emily Squared hasn't opened yet. It has not. Okay. Tell us about when and where, and th- I saw something about Detroit-style pizza. I want to know more about that.
2: Sure. So, uh, Emmy Squared. So, it's the whole organization is Pizza Loves Emily, and then the first restaurant is Emily, and then the next restaurant that we're talking about now is Emmy Squared. And that's opening in Williamsburg in about, I guess, what, three to four weeks? We're getting there. Three and a
0: half weeks. Yeah, three yeah. and a half
2: weeks. We're getting to crunch time. To crunch <laughs> And uh, it's Detroit-inspired pan pizza. So they're square pies as opposed to the round pies that we serve at Emily. Similarly, inventive and fun toppings. Similar traceability with many of our ingredients and supply chains. And then we'll have a strong array of sandwiches like uh, chicken parm, uh, classic Italian combo things like that, a huge beverage program with lots of wine and beer on tap and fun cocktails. Alyssa's actually going to be doing some uh, keg cocktails (laughs) that we'll have that we're all very excited about, too. And why Detroit style? Uh, our pizza eating habits really evolve. We've always really loved square pizza. Uh, I think as New Yorkers, you have you know your traditional New York dollar slice and you have your like grandma or Sicilian slice. and as we were looking at square pizza and how much we like to eat that in addition to the type of pizza that we serve at Emily, we started to just uh, zoom in on what we liked about it and it really turned out that mm-hmm. that flavor profile and those components matched up with what is Detroit style. So a really crispy fried cheese edge, an airier middle, a crunchy bottom, and then two signature sauce stripes that go down the sides of it.
1: I've seen that. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Very particular. It's very designed. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of primary food, what else do you guys do outside of work? Like how did you nourish yourself this week outside of food?
2: So my self-nourishment hasn't been great lately, to be honest, as we're headed into opening the restaurant. uh, You know, three weeks out of opening is basically nonstop work. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that to be fully transparent. I've been struggling with lately, but I have a developing and improving breathwork practice. That's part of my morning routine. And I try to get to yoga as much as I can. Um, It hasn't been as much lately, but normally I would be practicing, you know, at least three to four times a week, which really keeps me grounded and keeps things in perspective.
1: And this is something that every owner should understand (laughs) breathwork. Every person, every person. I mean, you know what, if you're in charge and you can't you know, center yourself and learn how to breathe deep, calming breaths.
2: Stress. For sure. Yeah. Do you have any breath tips for us? I think the biggest breath tip I would have is just the the realization of when it's necessary. So being able to step back and be in that meta space where you can say, okay, I'm in this situation and I have the option to act this way, act this way, act this way, or simply just pause inhale exhale and then reevaluate i I think that's the most instrumental thing you can do i think that's amazing to see that in the
1: kitchen first of all and then just in life in general and as women you know we stress ourselves out a lot i think that we tend to multitask more arms than we actually have and think we're like an octopus or something (laughs) so breathing um has been has been something that i've been exploring myself to manage stress because obviously stress and Healing from an illness is a bad combination, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So Alyssa, what do you do outside of work as your primary food?
3: Um, you know, I I myself am just a, a very spontaneous person, so I, I try to generally live in the moment. I don't make a lot of plans. Um, this was a plan, which is, which is great <laughs> for me. Um, but, you know, I... I yeah, I don't make a lot of plans. So, you know, there might be a two week period where I exercise crazily. Um, some of my friends call me like an extremist in certain ways, just because I do tend to bounce and bounce from different things, but it's all centered around the idea of a pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. So, um, recently I've been a little stressed out, not necessarily about the growth of any squared and what have you, but, um, I'm moving and I'm making some changes in mm-hmm. my life. And um, it does take a toll on your psyche in a, in a very subconscious way. So I've been walking to work uh, from Williamsburg to Clinton Hill, which isn't really, you know, that far of a distance. But it makes a difference because sure. you are doing something. Um, you're, you're creating endorphins. You're making yeah. yourself happy. And it's, a, it's almost a sense of meditating. I love taking long walks. Um, and I do look forward to getting back into a routine of potential exercise, which always makes me happy um, and centers myself. But aside from that, mostly just like walks and drinking some tea. <laughs> hey, that sounds um, awesome. She's a tea genius. genius. Yeah. Tea
1: genius.
3: I steep like four cups of tea before work and I just like drink them all throughout <laughs> the
1: shift. What kind of tea?
0: I love tea.
3: Um, it depends. That um, mushroom tea. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> um reishi reishi mushrooms or reishi mushrooms uh chaga and chai there's like this bougie like little <laughs> little drink out in some of the hippie stores these days that's very relaxing i love it Bougie um, tea. yeah it's very bougie <laughs> but it's, it's it, yeah, it is what it is i like matcha i like green teas uh, on occasional like steep different combinations depending on where i'm at like uh, like a nettle and fennel, uh, like echinacea, different things like to promote health, uh, which which helps my immune system. I, I just, and just all get, of
0: our immune systems too. Yeah. You um, get the trickle down effect of her it, health. She comes in with a giant jar and says, "Okay,
3: who, who wants one Who wants, a, wants it? Yeah, who wants a sip um, of health? Yeah, we uh, we on occasion like steep garlic, which is like kind of disgusting but kind of awesome at the same time. As because, in like
1: drinking garlic tea?
3: Yeah. Um, really? It's it's. I haven't gotten sick all winter. Uh, and it's kind of been amazing. This is the last year and a half or so, I've really discovered how beneficial it can be.
1: Well, tell me about garlic tea, because at first I was like, what's that? But then it kind of sounds like soup.
3: Um, <laughs> like, actually, <laughs> Sophie's pretty behind it as well. Um, I'm on
1: board with the garlic tea. How does, well, how does it taste aside from um, garlic? Is it so sweet, bittery? or? It,
3: I mean, I'm a big, like, alley person anyways. Like, I love scallions and garlic and and pretty much everything. Uh Um, It tastes pretty savory, but if you blend it in a certain way with, like, honey and lemon or you add a tea to it, it can can take away some of the stench. (laughs) But I've just reconciled with the fact that I work in a pizza place, and it's okay if they smell smell garlic because they don't necessarily know it's coming from me. (laughs) And I'm healthy, and I don't have to call out for work.
1: And your skin's awesome. Must be the garlic. Uh,
3: it, you caught me on a good day. Maybe it garlic.
1: <laughs> now I had only just learned recently, and I used to. I, I make a lot of tea, but I realized. Well, I didn't realize. I read, and I realized I was doing it wrong. I was overcooking my tea, like boiling water. Bad. I didn't know that.
0: There are very particular temperatures. Very, for, and for different types of tea too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs>
3: It's, um, it's like it's, hot water. Perfect. And like <laughs> the idea, you know, you grow up drinking tea or whatever, and you're like, you leave the tea bag in there the entire time you drink it. And, the, and that makes a difference, too. It's like learning. Um, These are
1: tea no-nos. Yeah, tea no-nos. I'm a pro at the tea no-nos. <laughs> I'm so good at the bad I like that <laughs> behaviors. <laughs> <laughs> so what's cool about what you described is the actual process of making the tea is great primary food. Because it's the activity and then the sharing it with everyone else that is like, it's a communal, communal thing. I love this stuff, tea. Awesome. Now, Annie, what else do you do outside of work?
0: What's your Um, primary food? I think my primary food, there are two things that come to mind. Um, One is playing with baby. It is just such an amazing thing to get to do. It is I mean, parenthood is a like humongous thing and I feel like it's really easy especially like right now as I'm kind of getting into it to like be very concerned with like where am I going to send it to preschool and what, you know, uh-huh. what am I doing that's right and what am I doing that's wrong and and just having moments like, you know, if it's 5 minutes or half an hour or whatever of just sitting and being completely present with him. Hmm. And um, he, one of the most amazing things that's happened um, since he was born in September was about two months ago, he became ticklish. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... Oh, my goodness. He just, he he always kind of giggled, like, from very early, but when he became ticklish, it just opened this humongous... Wow. Like... (laughs) That of joy for the two of us to share. Um, so I, I would say at least once a day, we just get into like torturing
1: him with torturing, <laughs> and he
0: just has the most amazing little tiny laugh that's, that's so deep and real. Um, so I mean. I get to have that primary food. Um, Emily definitely has a very well developed relationship with him uh, centered around peekaboo. That very, like, very much needed in everyone's day. It's like, okay, let's just take five minutes and play peekaboo, and then we'll get back to opening this restaurant.
1: Oh my god, I love that. It takes a village to tickle a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. It really does. I'm going to get that tattooed. Do that. <laughs> and, and, you know, baby is really delicious primary food. Mm-hmm. Babies and puppies that kind of like, you know. Puppies, kittens. kittens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: puppy socks on. Puppy socks. <laughs>
1: Do you have baby socks on? Um, I, His socks don't fit me. <laughs> 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 Sophie, what is your primary food?
4: Man, I feel like hanging out with Annie's baby is one of my primary foods, too. She's his number one fan. I, yeah. Oh, uh, God. Little we'll, we'll so baby cute. drumstick uh, every day. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, I have great, great friends in Brooklyn. I'd say they're a big, big part of my primary food diet uh, exercise, too. Like, I love my Bed-Stuy YMCA um and yeah I feel like outside of work uh I don't know like at work I'm in the mode of like you know being one of the people just really making sure that things are running smoothly and um outside of work I like to do stuff that shakes up that sense of like being in charge so like Uh this month I'm like participating in like a large like Uh, Like I auditioned for like a dance uh, thing going on in Bushwick, and just doing something that's like a little out of my comfort zone and like a little scary, uh, where I have like a lot to learn. I think is really good for my.
1: That's a great. This is a great. One of my favorite conversations is overcoming the scary things. So I just like to remind people that people do it all the time. They overcome their scary things. Like they open a new restaurant, they do some performances, they have babies. (laughs) They make terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) They make mushroom teas. (laughs) So tell tell us about your performance and and why you're doing it, even though it's scary.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a dance background. I think I embarrass myself at parties where there's dancing all the time. Um, But I love watching dance. And it was really, you know, like I'm... You know, we all got to that point when we were 13, where it's like, man, I'm too old to be a professional figure skater now. You know, like I oh,
1: I never thought that too old. <laughs> I was still waiting to do it. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I might still It's gonna be go Yamaguchi. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess just to like uh, take on a discipline where I've always been in the audience, and you know, now at the ripe age of 27, feel like way too old to like start a you know start a serious. Career and any of that kind of thing, just doing something for the curiosity of it and the Mm -hmm. fun of it, uh, was really appealing
1: to me. Because curiosity always trumps fear, Mm -hmm. right? That's why you're opening the second restaurant, right? Because you're so curious, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, what are other fears that you guys have conquered in professional life and you know restaurant world?
2: Like, what what's that like? There must be so many issues to deal with. I think one of the things that I really struggled with, um, especially since we're talking so much about relationships, was in the dawn of Emily Restaurant, I had a really hard time being... The person who was the boss around these people that I spent time with all of all of the time every day uh-huh. who weren't my friends and didn't look at me mm-hmm. as my... Not because they weren't my friends but they were my employees and they didn't look at me as a friend or a person that they shared time with as much as they saw me as a boss and mm-hmm. I really struggled in terms of my interactions with folks as a result of that or feeling excluded, not for any real reason, but because everyone would go out because that's what you do after work, but your boss doesn't go along with you, you know? Ah. And um, so when I really, it took a while to create the right group of people or find the right group of people that are employees, that are also friends, that are also family my sister worked for me for a very long time. One of my best friends, um, Frank, works for me as well. Um, another good friend of mine who I actually mentored in yoga school is now coming on to work at the restaurant. And so now it's become, and these people who've been around for so long, where those boundaries are less um, less clear and there is uh-huh. a respect for what it means to be at work and have me as a boss but no matter like, like when my sister came to work my parents thought it was just the worst idea possible um, and mm. it turned out to be amazing but you know I said to her no matter what whatever weird awful thing we can't even anticipate could happen here that will never trump our relationship outside of that and so Mm -hmm. I feel really strongly about that but that was a huge hurdle that sort of um, like socio-political part of owning a restaurant but also being part of it.
1: That's so interesting and why is it so important for you to build family in your workplace where some people can really separate and they're like whatever that's work but it sounds like you really want that to be like you said your home.
2: Well, Matt and I built the restaurant on the philosophy that it was an extension of our home dining room. We love... Not anymore so much because we don't have the time, but we used to love to host dinner parties for our friends or family, and he would cook and I would pour wine. And, you know, we used to do this awesome little Christmas Eve tasting menu for our family. And we really like creating that sense of comfort and warmth in in the environment. And it is hospitality. It's it's food and service and Uh drinks. And um, so it doesn't make sense to me that it would feel sterile and separate. It, It feels like it needs to feel special, like a place that you enter into where everyone is welcome and everyone is part of it.
1: Did you have any special stories or any funny stories as a group? Anything that's happened at the restaurant that would be really cool to hear about?
2: <laughs> You're like, oh, so many. <laughs> I don't know. Are there any special stories you can think of off the top of your head? Special guests? How about really... Well, go ahead. Yeah. Uh,
3: the Peron. Go for it. <laughs> um, Emily Bowles, who wasn't able to make it today, uh, the shift leader, uh, re- recently made um, a really great purchase of a, a Peron, uh which is popular in like the Basque region of Spain. It's a wine bong, more or less. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. She said wine bong.
3: I said wine bong. Yes. That's true. <laughs> um, and in the last week or so, uh, it's it's made its way into service. Um, it used to be more of an after service or like out of work. Uh, part of our lives but now um, Emily we're sharing it Emily poured poured (laughs) some wine out of the wine bong into a few people's mouths (laughs) this past week and um, it's it's something so that just Mike. so did Mike, so did Alf. so did Allison. Uh, we have some of it on video. It's just something that's really fun because people are like, "Oh, what's that weird apparatus up there? It looks like a decanter, but oh wait, what's that?" And then you're like, "Let me show you," and then you're pouring wine down someone's throat, and it's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what does it look like? So has um, it made it, it onto social
3: media yet? I don't think it has, but it should. Um, and yeah.
0: when it does, what's your social media tags? <laughs> We're uh, at Pizza Loves Emily. And the website is Mm -hmm. pizzalovesemily.com.
3: Yeah, it just looks like a pretty classic wine decanter, you know, um, like a nice little bowl with a a little spout at the top. But then it has an additional spout that comes off uh, for the pouring. (laughs) But you could also use it as a handle and pour as a traditional decanter.
1: I feel like I might have seen one of these but didn't realize it was something more than just a decanter. (laughs) It, now you know. It depends no, no, on how you're using bomb. it. You'll start seeing them everywhere. <laughs> it depends on how you're
3: using it. I'm
2: seeing it in my dreams. <laughs> We also have to just maybe not like special silly or whatever, but we also are big on I try to be big on celebrating birthdays. So okay. uh, there's a lot of people on staff, a lot of cupcakes, that sort of thing. But I feel like that sense of tradition and having candles and singing to everybody is really important. And we always have an awesome staff holiday party, if I do say so myself. Yes. Which is also important to us. Um, and a lot of I don't know. Are there any other good stories? The throne is a good one. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, if you, you could come blaze to the in a stock pot the other day. Oh my gosh, that has to that has I to mean, be I shared with the that. world. At the new restaurant, Soon you'll see it. Okay. At the new restaurant,
2: there's a a, a gigantic stock pot. I, I mean, what what must it be? It's I, Like what's a Forty liters.
0: It's pro- it's two and a half feet around. Oh my goodness. So
2: my my are this lovable. Misanthrope Blaze, who works for us and is just the best, um, is a very relatively tiny person. And the other day, he was helping us at Emmy Square doing some cleaning and stuff. And at the end of a very long, crazy day, he we got him to climb into the pot oh and God. squat down and took lots of pictures of him on so. the stove with water simmering, making tea. <laughs> in a pile, it's in a pile of uh, boxes and garbage. So when I texted the garbage guy who I I found on Craigslist, who's been coming to get some garbage for us, I texted the picture. Blaze in the stockpots. <laughs> he inquired if the human was part of the
1: pile. <laughs> I didn't realize when you were describing that Blaze was a person, that oh, I yeah. he meant a blaze. Oh, yes, he is a young man. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: He's a pizza cook. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: never petite enough to fit in any kind of cookware. <laughs> <What's so laughs> you whatever? could fit in this one. You'd be surprised. It's that big. It's like That's amazing. <laughs> impressive. So the workday at Emily, I mean, at, at Pizza Loves Emily. You know, describe that for me and the vibe and and everything that goes on through your standard workday.
2: Sure. So um, in the daytime, Annie and I right now are pretty much home base at Emmy Squared. Mm-hmm. And, Matt, and so- Matt, my husband, and Sophie are pretty much based at uh, Emily with our um, sous-chef Max in the daytime. Um, Alyssa sort of bops between during administrative hours based on the needs of the week. And then um, you know Jimmy's out and about and taking over the dining room at Emily if Annie finds her way there. And then you know around four thirty, four forty-five, the nighttime personnel start rolling in, and then the dining room shifts from. We don't have an office um, at either location, so the dining room at both functions as our office for the most part in the daytime. So we pack up all of our stuff, and the nighttime folks come in and start to make the transition towards dinner time, and um, it's meant to be a really light, fun low-pressure, low-stakes kind of place. Um, We emphasize good service and good food, but in a really relaxed way. So that's usually how it feels. And um, people eat and drink and have fun. And then we close up and uh, start the next day. I need to go for some pizza. You should come visit us.
1: Yeah. Okay, your favorite pizza? The Emily. (laughs) So describe it.
2: It's a white pie. And when it comes out of the oven, it's topped with crumbled pistachios, uh, truffle sotichinere cheese, and drizzled with honey.
1: That was like you were flirting with me just now. You were like yes, dangerous, sexy things into my ear, like actually my temperature rise. <laughs> Your favorite pizza, Melissa? Uh,
3: um, it generally, it depends on the day. Uh, but uh, we have a pizza called the RM3, which is sausage, ham, and pepperoni. It's a red pie. I, I'm more of a red pie lady. Um, I love it. If it's a sad day, I dip it in mayonnaise. <laughs> and, you know, it's public now. It's public. So I'm going to leave it at that.
1: <laughs> Thank you for your truth. <laughs> it's a little surprising and wow.
3: It's delicious. You should try it. I'm not knocking it.
1: I promise. <laughs> Annie, your favorite pizza.
0: Um I I go back and forth between two one of them is my namesake which has transformed um you have a pizza
1: I, named after you I
0: do what <laughs> I was about to say a moment ago was that our entire menu really is a story um really? every item on the Emily menu pretty much at least the pizzas are and the drinks and the, and the <laughs> drinks um are you know this kind of coded language of reference to really? the people that we love and the things that we love. That's sweet. Um, so for example, currently on our cocktail menu, there is a baby Jimmy, um, <laughs> which is with tequila, which was not my decision, but <laughs> I, I let it ride. <laughs> um, so my favorite pizza is the, what used to be called the Arnie. Um, our chef, <laughs> Emily's husband, Matt has a excellent uh, accent. A Uh, That he takes on every once in a while. So I'm Arnie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm Annie. (laughs) But then I become Arnie. Um, And that's a vodka sauce pizza. And it has Serrano ham and bell peppers and mushrooms. Um, And it's recently been upgraded from the Arnie to the Arndog Junior. (laughs) Um, That is its name on the pizza pizza menu now, um, in testament to my son, who is my junior.
4: (laughs) Arndog Junior. Yeah.
0: You lost
1: me a cheese. Yep. (laughs) Well, you had me a cheese, I should say. And Sophie, your favorite pizza.
4: I mean, I've got to make a plug for the Sophia, uh, which is really... (laughs) The unsung hero of our pizza <laughs> menu, I would say. Uh, Blaze's invention. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it was a pizza that was popularized, I think, in Trenton in the 80s. Seems like an 80s idea for a pizza. Uh, so it's a mix of grainy and traditional Dijon mustard with uh, cheese and sauced olives. Wow. So... Did you I say it, on yeah, mustard on the our, I model? think its strength is in its like simplicity and you know the clarity of the mustard. And
1: everyone should come to Emily and get a sophia. I love that. that. I'm gonna try that because that's just made my mouth go all kinds of the acidic thing about it. It's just
2: amazing. And where did you all come from? Are you from New York or? I'm a tri-state area person, so I grew up in New Jersey, and Matt and I have been living in the city for. I guess since right after college when we came so he could go to culinary school and I could go to graduate school. He's from Connecticut, so we're both from here. But all these ladies, we were just talking about this earlier, stray from a little bit farther. Yeah, What's here? Uh,
3: myself, I'm from Maine, and I've been here a little over four years. Um, I, I hadn't been to New York uh, before, like, three months before I moved here, I completely fell in love. It's it's a place for individuals, and so now I'm here.
1: I mean, that's far. Not so far.
3: Not so far. <laughs> Very rural, but nice. Um, I am from
0: Pittsburgh by way of northern Virginia. Um, I grew up kind of on the borderlands between the, like, country Virginia and the, like, D.C. suburb of Virginia. Um, so I definitely didn't want to have cows Mm -hmm. or, like, government employees as neighbors anymore. Mm -hmm. So I moved here... Um,
1: why wouldn't a, you want a government
0: employee? <laughs> yeah, you know what? They're they're good. I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I just they can live there. Yeah, I'm going to live in Brooklyn. And you wanted to be in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a little bit more spice here. Um, to put it very like, <laughs> yeah. nebulously. But I've been here for about 6 years now and I I don't have a particularly good vision of anywhere else I'd rather be. Yeah.
1: That sounds
0: great. Sophie, where are you from?
4: Uh, I'm from Vermont, uh, but I
0: moved to Brooklyn
4: uh, from Philly a couple years ago. My job before Pizza Cook was assisting in the interlibrary loan department of a university in Philadelphia, which is about uh. as interesting as it sounds. <laughs> and I drove myself in a U Haul across the Verrazano Bridge and have not looked back. Very happy to be
3: in Brooklyn. Thanks
1: so. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's <laughs> happy. happy to be in Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Do you have any other stories that, or ideas and visions and uh, for your new place and the other place?
2: Well, I'm really excited. What we were also talking about over lunch earlier is how, when Emily was founded, we had to put up you know a ton of Craigslist ads to try to scrape together our inaugural team. Uh-huh. But now I have hired my new team for Emmy Squared almost entirely on recommendation from these fine ladies and other folks that work with us. So it's very different to hire on recommendation based on people who already work within your organization and understand the culture, understand the expectations to having to just you know, go with whatever comes up on on Craigslist. And so that's been really nice. I feel like my I'm pretty amazed at how high caliber my front of house staff is for the new restaurant. Actually, one of Alyssa's good friends is our general manager for the new restaurant. So that was pretty exciting.
1: That's so cool. It's like you're building out the family. Sure. Yeah. That's like, that's not selfish at all. That's awesome. (laughs) So what are you proud of and what has happened? Accomplishments and so on.
2: I feel like it's, it's really, un- it's really still very un- unbelievable to us what has happened with the restaurant. Uh, I don't know if it'll ev- ever feel fully real. Like I'm, I'm sure, like we've talked about, Absolutely. like with motherhood, right? Like, does it ever feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have this baby. Oh my gosh, he's seven months old. Like, I've I'm sh- and I'm not trying to say oh, having a restaurant's like a baby. There
0: are <laughs> a lot of parallels. There really, such are. such as, uh, I mean, just I, I feel like, and I. I respect this part of Matt and Emily's like care of their business your brain never really fully shuts off mm-hmm. um, and I think that like what we were talking about earlier for a lot of people that translates into 80 hour weeks and crazy neurotic behavior on the part of management staffs and restaurants restaurants um, and that's very much in parallel to what a lot of parents do and mm-hmm. um, it turns into crazy neurotic behavior, uh, on the parts of parents who, uh, you know, <laughs> have the best intentions, but they I, need to breathe, but they need to <laughs> breathe. And I think that that's the, that's the biggest parallel. I think that I would see is that there's, there's just this level of constant attention and never letting the place drop. Never, never uh-huh. leaving us alone. That I think that the whole staff feels for Matt and Emily. um, But learning to breathe and say, okay, they're good. It's like my son can sit up and play with a ball by himself now, and I can go over to the other side of the room and drink a cup of coffee. And that's like a beautiful, like, he has his own thing going on, but I'm always there for him. Um, That is parallel to, I think, the way that these guys have their restaurant. That's a really good way to put it.
2: I I really feel like, and what Annie touched upon, that That we know that there's people who care and Mm -hmm. really do care about us and understand the level of stress that we're feeling. If we, like next week, we're going away. And it took us a really long time to have our first, this is a work trip, but it was our first vacation that we had, I guess, when we went to San Francisco a few years ago. Mm. And the stakes of that felt so high. And Mm. we basically, we we got, we wound up like being sick the whole time because, you know, like, and looking at the cameras of the restaurant on our phones and being so attached still. Um, And it's amazing to me that now, like going away next week, like, or being so consumed by Emmy squared and really not... Not not having any idea what's going on at Emily, but not having to think about, oh, my gosh, service on a Friday night starts in, like, an hour and a half or whatever. It's okay, because there are people who've got my back, like, you know, Sophie's on it next week if there's an emergency, you know. A, a pipe explodes. <laughs> she knows how to deal with that now. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, Annie. any somebody who I can get on the phone or on text within ten seconds if I need. There are people who can handle things. Like one of the last um, things I that was my baby was the beverage ordering, the beverage inventory, that sort of thing. And that was something that when I could pass that off to Alyssa and let her run with that, uh-huh. that was another whole level of alleviation. That was like, oh wow, there's other people who are super competent, and I don't have to micromanage because they're professional and reliable and it's created this great sense of space for me to look at big picture business things that's just invaluable
1: it's amazing so thank you so much for talking about how you are a role model basically of work-life balance thank you food industry (laughs) it's super important it is super important it really is and not just in the food industry in every industry in every situation where you're working with people or any workplace right So my final closing question is, how much pizza do you guys actually eat?
2: (laughs) Well, aside from the pizza we just ate for lunch, (laughs) uh, we eat a horrifying amount of pizza.
4: (laughs) Okay. Does uh, anyone disagree?
2: (laughs) A horrifying amount. Uh, (laughs) Because that sounds great. (laughs) Um,
4: I haven't gotten tired of it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. You can push it in a lot of different directions, which I think
0: is... (laughs)
1: It's the
4: perfect the part of the continuing mystique <laughs> of pizza, yeah. Right. Can we
0: ha- we now have two different varieties of pizza to choose between to eat mm-hmm. within our workplace, mm-hmm. so yeah. gotta we're diversifying. Up.
2: And then Alyssa and I will say when we, when we work, we have a pop-up uh, called Margo's. It's this awesome bar pie by Adam Cuban. Pop up that happens once a month at Emily and mm-hmm. Alyssa and I usually justify. Well, two bar pie, two and a half bar pie slices only equals about one New York slice. So yeah,
3: maybe it even really less. Count. maybe even less three. Like, if I get some people in who are a little disappointed in themselves for how much food they order, I just try to. I try to let them know that that it correlates to one, you know, Joe's New York slice, like three slices of Emily pizza or like two slices of Emily pizzas, like really one slice of like, you know, a slice shop. Um, And I try to practice that belief as well every day.
1: Well, I can't concentrate anymore. I'm going to have to shut the show down because I need to get some pizza. So thank you so much for being here, the four of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really great. And you've been listening to Primary Food with Cynthia Cherish-Malloran on Heritage Radio Network.
3: Thanks for listening to this program
0: on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at Heritage Radio dot org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization to donate and become a member. Visit
3: our website today. Thanks for listening.